And I heard the term projectile vomiting before, and I thought it was like an exaggeration. But honestly, I could have been 10 feet from the toilet, and I would have made it. It was like I was shouting at the toilet. Welcome to Not So Bon Voyage, the podcast all about when shit goes wrong on the road. And this is our Voyager Chat series, where we interview travellers about their wildest travel stories. We are your hosts. I'm Jules. I'm Christine. And you just heard from our guest on the show today, Mike Siegel. Mike is a fellow travel podcaster at the Travel Tales podcast. He's a stand-up comedian, former TV host, and avid traveller. Today, he's telling us about the time he got caught in a military coup in Ethiopia and what happens when his passport got taken away from him in Nigeria. Let's get into it. Hey there, Voyagers. We are here with Mike Siegel. Thanks so much for coming on today, Mike. Let's kick off today's episode with you telling the Voyagers a little bit about yourself, your podcast, and your travels. Well, my name is Mike Siegel. I, For the last uh, nine years or so, I've been hosting a podcast called the Travel Tales Podcast. You can find it at TravelTalesPodcast.com, where I would just basically kind of do the same thing uh, you guys do, which is just talk about people from all walks of life on uh, their travels around the world and crazy stuff that's happened to them. And yes, but I've uh, my background is basically in comedy. I'm originally from Chicago, and uh, I lived in LA for a long time. But uh, I've hosted many TV shows on uh, HGTV and TBS and numerous other cable outfits, and I've also acted and performed stand up still. Uh, been touring the country for over 25 years and clubs, colleges, cruise ships, everything else that's not hiring right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm in every industry that's been crushed by the coronavirus. So things are looking up. Things, so things are, are looking are good. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We've got a lot of crossover there. We, uh, we haven't been podcasting as long as you. You're a bit of an OG in the travel podcasting <laughs> yeah. space. And uh, we've done a little bit of TV, but that didn't uh, that pilot didn't quite make it. We did get a pilot back in the day, and then that was about oh, you it. Did? So yeah, yeah, we got a pilot for the Travel Channel a couple of years oh, ago. Congratulations! Uh, yeah, oh, well, it didn't make it, but that's all right. Thanks for bringing it up again. <laughs> Tough business, man. Tough business. It was a fun experience. What was the twist on it? What was the, what was the pitch? It was called Shoestring Getaways, and it was about a visiting cities on a budget. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so looking at some more of the unique interesting things that didn't have to necessarily break the budget. Well, I can tell you, as someone who's been pitching uh, travel shows for many years for hosting, I can tell you that's a tough space to, uh, well, anything, selling any TV show is hard, but really in travel, it's really hard because nobody wanted to spend, nobody wants to spend any money. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, hey, we love the idea, but if you can go uh, get sponsors, pay for it yourself, go shoot it, and maybe we'll air it. And it's like, well, what do I need yeah. you for? Really? Yeah, well, we got an airing. We got the pilot aired. Uh, well, that's hey, man, you got that far. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't come up with the show, but anyway. Yeah, they just reached <laughs> oh, out to us from our blog, but it was an interesting experience. They basically just threw us on the streets of San Francisco, and we're like, okay, like go in front of the camera. And we're like, what the hell? How do yeah. we do this? <laughs> but so we didn't. I mean, we didn't really expect it to go anywhere, but it was fun doing it while it lasted. Yeah, we had yeah. a fun watch party, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was a cool experience. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, now let's jump into straight into uh, our not so Fab Five questions. We'll get warmed up before we jump into the main stories. These questions are a little bit different. They're different to the usual travel questions. I'm going to kick off the first one with: What is the worst thing that you've ever eaten while traveling? Wow. Okay. Well, I've had uh, in Asia. I did eat some of the uh, bugs, 
in a oh, yeah. uh, Thai market, and I realized, uh, and also the, the what the grasshoppers in Mexico. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I realized that if you deep fry anything, you could pretty much get it down. You know, it's just <laughs> eating a, eating something raw is much different than if you you can bread anything and deep fry it, and just you don't even know what you're eating, especially if it's small enough. But I've had so guinea, I've had guinea pig in Peru. I've had, uh, oh, yeah, uh, those little guinea pigs on the spit with their teeth and they're all yeah. stretched out. Yeah, yeah, oh, that kind of stuff. Me out. Yeah, um, yeah. So those are probably the the most out there things I've had. Nice. Okay, least favorite country you visited? I know this is a tough one for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a hard one to say. Your least favorite? I mean, and there's a story I'm going to get to <laughs> a little later that. Um, uh, I never made it out of the Nigeria airport, um, so okay. All right, that might well, be let's save not, that one. No big hurry. I'm in no big hurry to get back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Good answer. Yeah. All right. So maybe uh, one that's a little bit easier to answer. Then, what is the most overrated landmark or attraction that you visited? Yeah, uh, I'm going to put Vegas up there, mm. and probably um, it, it never really appealed to me that much. And I guess uh, some of it is that I'm jaded because I've worked there so many years, like over, doing stand up and having to spend weeks. You know, for a couple of days, it's fine. But I always tell people because everywhere I go around the world, foreign people, when they come to America, they always have Vegas on their list. And I just go, and they'll have like a week blocked off for Vegas. I go, no. Oh, God. Two days, baby. <laughs> Two tops. Totally. Yeah. Vegas. I miss. I think three nights in Vegas is the absolute max. And then go hard, try to do it all while you're there, and then don't come back until like years later. Yeah, three <laughs> nights and then come back in three years. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, unless you're going to go escape to you know do a Grand Canyon thing or to Southern Utah and those canyons, and then, then it's worth it. But uh, yeah, just staying in the city, oof, boy. After about the fifth day, your brain starts to leak out of your head, I think. Yeah, yeah pretty much. especially because they just keep the lighting kind of like it's midday all the time in casinos. So you literally yeah. lose track of time. And yeah, exactly. Your brain just turns to mush <laughs> by the end of it. And you're like, I have to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, but the whole world knows it. And they just like, hey, we're going to America. And then we're going to hit the West Coast. And we got to go to Vegas. And I was like, well, you don't got to. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know. But that's one of them that immediately came to mind when you asked that. Yeah. Although what I wouldn't give to go to Vegas right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they'd have you. Yeah, 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 they would. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, worst place you've ever slept on your travels? Whew. Well, I've slept in a number of um, uh, airport benches and overnight train on a, um, in India, which I don't recommend. To, to anyone <laughs> going from Mumbai to Goa, that wasn't pleasant. And I was in the I was in the first class car, Ooh. so I can't imagine what the uh, the coach was. Oof. You know, how, how many hours were you on that train? That was an overnight, and I, I guess it was maybe about eight hours or so. Okay, but it's one of those things where you know, hey, where's the bathroom? And you walk over, and it's literally a hole in the bottom of the train, and you can you can see the tracks. Uh, you know, the going underneath you, as it's, it's just a hole. It's a squat toilet. And uh, yeah, I would not like to be living along the tracks. Wow. Just I haven't that. heard about that one. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was a rough one. But I also woke up in uh, Australia on Fraser Island with Julian. You might know that one. But uh, yeah. it was so hot in the tent that it finally, and plus I had uh, quite a number of beers. <laughs> And uh, just passed out on the beach 
and there was just I woke up and there was these wild dingoes sniffing around my feet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> scared the hell out of me. A, that's a so wake I woke up, up and the thing went running, but it was like waking up to wild dingoes in the sand was not was not funny. Yeah, quite the wake up call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, almost on the the same theme as that train toilet. Have you ever? This is our last question. We're taking a poll. So many, so far, not many people have admitted to it, or at least told us the story. But have you ever pooped your pants while traveling? <laughs> <laughs> um. There, I had a, I had a, a couple close calls. Okay, um, but there was there was definitely some food poisoning, but it really came out the mm-hmm. other end. Where uh, and we're back to India again because I got a pretty strong stomach. Like I be I'll eat street food in Cambodia, and I, you know I have no no real allergies or any problems. You know I have a pretty tough stomach, and I was in a group of about twelve people going for, on a two week tour of India, and at some point uh, everybody got sick. Like 10 people got sick, but every day it was like a Russian roulette. Like you never know who it was going to be. It's like, who's it going to be today? That sounds so stressful. It was. And um, <laughs> the very first day, this English girl was on our, you know, we're this rickety bus tour and we had to pull over and she uh, had to run into the weeds outside the city. And uh, oh, yeah, poor girl. And so Ooh. that was her day. And my day came. It was actually on Christmas night. Oh, Merry uh, Christmas. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And we were in uh, I th- Ahmedabad, I think. No, we were in uh, Udaipur. And, uh, you know, and by this time we were about a week and a half in. I was thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to make it. I think these people are weak and I'm going to make it. <laughs> and then at some point in the night, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> and uh, I walked home and I heard the term projectile vomiting before and I thought it was like an exaggeration. But honestly, I could have been 10 feet from the toilet and I would have made it. It was like I was shouting at the toilet. Wow. And I've never thrown up like that in my life. That's impressive. And so thank God, thank God the next day we were, uh, we weren't going to be in the bus. We actually had a day staying put. So I sat there boxing day, just laying in bed (laughs) all day in, uh, in India and watching their three channels. (laughs) <laughs> or four channels and three of them had cricket on. <laughs> of course. Just set the bed yeah, up 10 so, feet from the oh. toilet and just see how many shots you can make from the from the bed. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Nailed it. Swish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that a... Well, you would know more than me. Is that a wicket? I don't know. I, I don't know the rules. <laughs> that I guess that kind of comes with the territory of traveling to India. We haven't been yet, but considering all the travel yeah. we've done, I actually have a pretty weak stomach. <laughs> so I'm I'm That's pretty nervous. One, yeah. I definitely still want to visit India, but I feel like I'm just going to be running to the toilet like every hour. And that sounds stressful. You have to be really, yeah, you got to be really, really careful because there was, um, you know, like I said, I was really being really careful. I had nothing but bottled water and um, beer. That's all I really drank. <laughs> and it's just the safest <laughs> no, things. Yeah. And I had no meat and uh, I was really careful. And uh, and we were all trying to be careful, but it could be a drop of water on the plate. It could be, you know, the cook not washing his hands or you just don't know. And it was really hard to really hard to trace. So just be prepared. Bring your stomach stuff. And like you said, try to wash your hands with like clean water yep. yeah. as much as you can. And we're seeing this now. You know, it's kind of the same thing. We can't. You're worried about touching things, and it's just, it's just tough. Yeah. yeah, Egypt is another one. I've asked this question to a lot of people I've interviewed too, and yeah, India is probably the most common one. Egypt's another one that people seem to get sick a lot, and and then Mexico, of course. Yeah. Mm. But 
I never had a problem in Mexico, though. Yeah, we haven't had too many problems. We just got married in Mexico in November, and I was really stressed out about either one of us getting sick on the wedding day or like one of my bridesmaids or somebody in the bridal party uh, having some bathroom issues like on the big day because there's really nothing you can do to avoid that. Like we're all really careful. Thank God nobody got sick. One of my bridesmaids got sick on the day she was flying home, but on the day of everybody was good to go, yeah, which you can is get, great. You can get sick afterwards. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, don't get fine. sick on oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just did a show in Mazatlan in November. Oh, nice. And, you know, usually I'm really careful. And they brought me and another guy in to do a show at a uh, hotel down there on the beach. And it was you know, it was a nice gig. And we were like VIPs and they welcomed us. And uh, I walk in the room and there's a this beautiful fruit plate. And I've been flying all day and I didn't think, oh, I'll just grab a strawberry or a couple of grapes. And then we go in the beach and I went, oh, my God. I, I'm going to poop myself on the beach. Well, you're, if you're <laughs> in the water, that, it's all right. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, I don't be that guy. But, uh, you know, it wasn't the pool, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was just I realized, uh, yeah, I was careless. And um, it was strange for, for me to because I can usually, I, I got a little cocky and wasn't thinking. And I went, ugh. So the whole next day, I was too afraid to leave the hotel. <laughs> I didn't want to be straying too far, you know, because, you know, it's like I was making a lot of trips, a lot of trips back to the bathroom. <laughs> totally. That yeah. Can, that can be the danger when you go down to a place and, you know, especially if you haven't traveled in a while or you just, you're not in that mindset. And then you go to a place where yeah. water isn't something that you can just drink out of a tap. And next thing you know, you're brushing your teeth with it or you're rinsing your mouth. And then you have yeah. that moment where you're like, oh, fuck, like yeah. I can't drink the water here. And you're like, oh, God damn. And then you're playing that, you're just playing the waiting game while you're waiting for your stomach just to start going. Totally. <laughs> well, this is the one thing I, I always tell. One of the things I always do when I fly back into America and I, and I tell Americans that um, who don't leave much, I mean, you just take all this for granted. Things like a water that comes out of the tap that doesn't give you dysentery and <laughs> uh, you know a working power grid or a pretty reliable power grid. You know, every day in India, like the power went off at some point. You know, it might be for like thirty seconds or so, or could be an hour. And just people just kind of took it as yeah, that's what happens here. It's like, well, if you're working on something and you lose everything because your computer shuts down, <laughs> uh, you'd be a little angry after a while you know and it's frustrating for sure or you know here you are you get hey finally we got some air conditioning and then nope now we don't <laughs> and so yeah when you're constantly you can't trust the water coming out of the tap you you have to like um these are little things that i don't take for granted anymore so one of the if i'm gone out of the country for any extended period of time and i land back in any u.s airport i go right to the water fountain and take a drink and it was like wow i haven't been able to do this for however long you know it's just little things like that you just really take for granted absolutely and that's the great thing about traveling is that when you do go back home you're like oh i'm going to appreciate this so much just this simple act of going to the faucet and pouring myself a glass of water or like being in the shower and have your mouth open for a second and you're like oh yeah. okay i can do this back home but if you're abroad that one second can just ruin your whole day or even your whole week like parasites and yeah. that can last with you for a long time so yeah, yeah. It's made me embrace, uh, you know, minimalism uh, more mm -hmm. as well. You know, I've realized, well, I've lived for three months out of a backpack. It's just like, do I need that spare room, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm paying for? And 
so I live much smaller now and um, I try to use less energy and that kind of thing. So yeah. it, I've learned a lot from travel from that of what I really need to live on. And, and people are learning that now with this shutdown. Absolutely. You know, so what's really important. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Very true. Okay, so now that we are warmed up with our questions, we will our get poop into questions. our poop questions. We got that all out of the way now. Oh, I think okay. we're still zero for six yeah. guests now we've had on. That you know no where one, everyone stands now. No one has uh, pooped their pants. <laughs> so that's a good uh, tally. So we will get into your not-so-bon voyages now. So when we spoke to you earlier, you mentioned a couple different stories, including being detained in the airport and a mini military coup. So where are your stories going to be taking us today? Um, Both were in Africa, uh, opposite sides of Africa, but both were in Africa. Uh, Last, so last June, I was, uh, I went and did a dream bucket list trip and i went and saw the gorillas in uganda and rwanda uh the mountain gorillas yeah we trekked to the mountain gorillas and um really amazing um so i spent like a couple weeks up there or down there uh in central africa and then i spent a few days and went down to uh victoria falls in zimbabwe and zambia which was great and on my way back i was going through i was flying ethiopian airlines so i said you know what let me spend a few days in Ethiopia, because I'd never been. I love the food. I don't know if you ever had Ethiopian food. It's fantastic. Yes, so good. We've never been to Ethiopia, but we have had Ethiopian food, and it is delicious. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. And it was uh, you know, getting toward the end of June, so I, was, I still haven't been to Egypt, but I looked at what the temperature was at that time of year, and I was like, nah, that's hot. <laughs> and uh, you know, Ethiopia is pretty mild. It's in mountains, and it, it's beautiful. So I go there, and then what I really wanted to see was this town called Lalabella. I don't know if you've seen the underground churches of Lalabella. It's UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, but it's a quick, like, one-hour flight from the capital, Addis Ababa. So I'm in the capital, and I'm in my hotel. I was on the uh, internet, and it was working fine. And then around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, the night before I'm supposed to fly to Lalabella, the internet shuts down. And it's you know, it's Africa. Things shut down. You know, it's, it's, I said, okay, well, it's out for the night. But thank God I had done most of what I had to do, book flights or, or hotels or whatever the night before. I finished it. Mm-hmm. So I going to the uh, airport the next morning. I'm in the cab and the cab driver asked me where I'm going. I said, oh, I'm going to Lalabella. And he goes, ooh, I don't want to, what is that? <laughs> That's not, <laughs> not a, good, a good reaction. <laughs> That's not a good sound. That's what you want and, every cab driver to tell you. Ooh, really? <laughs> goes, yeah. <laughs> He goes, oh, there was a shooting last night. You didn't hear? I go, no. Oh, uh, they, uh, they, there was, they, there was a coup, a coup attempt. Oh my god! And they killed uh, basically a guy who would be considered, I guess, kind of like the governor, mm-hmm. and then one of his aides. And it turned, and it turned out to be uh, one of the bodyguards, kind of an inside job. You know, each region has uh, these, you know, fierce kind of like uh, local, you know, factions that want to be more autonomous and don't want like a unified Ethiopia, basically. Mm. And so they, uh, it was an inside job. So basically what the government did was shut down the entire internet. And I didn't think that was possible. You they just so that, yep, they just closed it to the entire country. You couldn't log on. Nothing. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause they didn't want any kind of, they were trying to keep down any kind of false stories or rumors to get people riled up and 
And in a way, it kind of worked uh, because there wasn't any kind of, it didn't seem to be any kind of big backlash. But now I was wondering, am I going to be, be able to get there? I mean, the plane's still going. And I'm asking, we got to the airport and I was asking them, is like, because Lalabella was right in this region. It was in, wow. this, in the, the Amara region. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, can I get there? And uh, none of the computers in the airport were working. Oh, wow. So they actually pulled out like a piece of paper and writing my ticket out like by hand. <laughs> wow. Oh man, that's so <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm going, is this, ooh, this, this seems, uh, should I get on this plane or should I? They said, well, you, you, they're still accepting planes. I was like, uh, well, oh, all right. And what did uh, the ticket say? Was it just, I grant you one ticket? Yeah, seat. admit one and yeah, admit seat. Oh, uh, God. What's, and the guy's like, what seats are free again? Is A2 yeah. free? I don't know, man. Just find a seat. <laughs> so it was like a smaller jet. like one, I guess it would be like an American Eagle flight, you know, one of those little probably maybe 50 seats or something yeah. um, and not full. Well, maybe it was full. I can't remember. But, it, I mean, it wasn't empty. So people were still going. And then we landed and we got there somehow. And then uh, that's where I... I got there, and it turns out I was the only person in my hotel. Oh, really? Wow. I'd never had that before. I found this hotel online, and uh, yeah. And that's what, so I was checking in, and I said, what, what time is uh, breakfast tomorrow? And they said, well, whenever you get up. <laughs> you tell like, me. Okay. <laughs> nice. I mean, just bring it to the room if you want. <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's a new sheriff in town here. But that's so funny. <laughs> the king would like his breakfast now. Are you, yeah. are you tell me the military coup didn't attract people to that region. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> uh, so, of course, it's on the news everywhere. You know, they have a TV, and all the workers are watching it, and... Uh, luckily, I'd set up a, a meeting a guide. Like the phones weren't working, I couldn't get a signal to tell this guide. And thank God, a day before, I had told him where I would be staying, and the guide actually just showed up <laughs> at, <laughs> to the hotel looking for me because I couldn't contact him. I didn't have his number. All we were contacting through Facebook. So how did he find no, you? I just happened to mention right before the night before before my uh, internet went out where I was staying. Okay, got it. So he kind of showed up that afternoon and I said, oh, oh, thank God you're here because I didn't know how I was going to reach him. I was yeah. going to start walking around town. It's like, do you know this guy? <laughs> Have you seen this man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so actually saw these churches uh, and they're famous for the these underground churches that were built in the 13th century and really amazing site. But um yeah, now I had to worry the next day about getting back. Yeah. And uh, got back to the, you know, it was pretty, it was it was like an hour van ride with all these other people that they kept stopping and picking up people, these bumpy, <laughs> the hot van. Sounds and, pretty standard uh, on yeah. those tours. <laughs> <laughs> and I got back and it was the same thing. I had to get back to the capital because I was flying to Italy from there. I had one more night. I had to kill a day in the capital and then fly to, to Rome from there. And same thing, like none of the computers were working, still no internet. So thank God I had booked, you know, my flights and everything before this went out because I've been used to get, you get really kind of lazy with Wi-Fi and everywhere and things like that, like booking at the last minute, booking places. And when that's taken away, you just go, ooh, man, you know, it's all old school when it's like you had to show up, you know, with all your stuff in order. 
That would definitely be us. We would struggle in that era because we are the king and queen of last-minute booking, unorganized. I mean, we've been traveling for over 10 years, and we've been traveling as a profession for the last four or five, and we still are probably the worst planners. Yeah. We're never organized. So if we were in a country and the internet went out, we would struggle. We would probably be like, <laughs> who's got the tickets? I don't know. They're on the phone. Yeah. Oh, shit. Can't get onto that. What's <laughs> yeah. on the email? And I'm old enough that I've you know I traveled pre-internet, and but I realized just how dependent and lazy I've gotten. I, like five years ago, I took my mother to Ireland, and uh, she was amazed that I was just. She, I'd say, "Where you want to? What town you want to stay at tonight?" And she would, "Oh, you don't have this booked." I go, "No, we'll just pull over and I'll just go on the app and we'll we'll get a room somewhere." She goes, "She couldn't believe, you know, <laughs> yeah. she's in her eighty. She's eighty, you know. She couldn't believe that I could just do that. You could just get a hotel like that." We're well, we're sitting. Yes, ma. This is how this works now. <laughs> yeah, and if that one's full, I'll just guess what? I'll just yeah, we'll just one. go to the next one. Yeah, <laughs> and she was blown away, blown away by it. So, and but now when it's taken away, and you realize that everything goes by the, the airline computers, the ticketing system, everything that they're, I couldn't get anything out of an ATM. Oh, oh wow. yeah, because the ATMs are down. Yeah, they wanted cash, and and I really ran out of cash. We were we were going around La Bella trying to find the one. ATM that could dispense something. And then when I found one, I ended up getting too much taken out. Now I got Ethiopian cash still in my house here. Because <laughs> no, I can tell you, you try to, no one will exchange yeah. it anywhere around the world. Uh, yeah. So you couldn't, even those places that rip you off in the airport, those currency exchanges, yeah, yeah they don't. You're like, that. someone wow. rip me off, please. If anybody, yeah. Well, if anybody wants to change, what, what's the currency? It's, uh, Burr, B-I-R-R. Oh, well, if anybody Ethiopian has an Ethiopian yeah. Burr uh, set up, if anybody wants to cut Mike out of the deal, you know how to contact him. <laughs> um, he will give you a great commission. He's got a ton he wants to get rid of. So. <laughs> yeah, I got I to burn in a hole in my pocket. Yeah. I almost was going to go to the Ethiopian Airlines, like find some um, flight attendant, like back here in the States, like at LAX or something, and just give it to them. It's like 50 bucks worth, I think. I don't know if it's that much, but yeah, it's about 40 bucks worth, which... It's good money in uh, Ethiopia. You should go to your favorite Ethiopian restaurant and then tip with it. Yeah, no, you know what? <laughs> I was good, gonna because yeah. there's a strip in uh, on Fairfax here in LA. It's called Little Ethiopia, which that's where I go when I want to fix. And it's all closed now, of course. But uh, yeah, when it goes back, I, I want to do that. I know one of the owners of the restaurant of a restaurant that's my favorite, and I was like, if you or any of your family are traveling back, let me make, let's make a deal. I'll yeah. give you a great exchange rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. That's hilarious. But, yeah. So that was, that was, luckily I got out of there okay. But uh, yeah, it, it's scary. Uh, it's weird when you, when, when we hear about, you know, the US or any place want to like tamp down media outlets. And I'm always pro uh, free speech. But in this aspect, um, there was a million rumors that were going on. And, and with social media and stuff, you realize just how much falsehood can be spread very quickly. And so, you know, I'm against state-run media, but on the other hand, it gave me time to get out of the country. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they shut it down, man. Yeah. So you made it out of there, okay, but you did make it out of an airport. <laughs> yeah. So um, back in 2014, I did Kilimanjaro, and uh, on my way back, I, w- I had some crazy routing. I was using frequent flyer miles to get out. Uh, to come back home and and it ended up it was using United Miles and they're partnered with actually Ethiopian Air. <laughs> so I I had to fly from uh 
Tanzania to where did I go? I went to Zanzibar and I had to fly from there to Addis Ababa, the, the capital. And then I had this lovely flight to uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and I had to change planes in Lagos, Nigeria. And United Airlines had booked me uh, the routing. I had an eight hour, like eight to nine hour layover in Lagos. And there was one, one direct flight from Lagos to the United States. And it wasn't to Washington. It wasn't to New York. It was to Houston. Hmm. Of all places. places, Lagos to Houston. (laughs) And I realized later it's because of oil. Oh. Uh, You know, Nigeria has oil. So it's all these Texas oil men and, and oil executives just going back and forth. Interesting. And yeah, and they have one flight every two days. And uh, so they had booked me to go on that. But I had basically an eight, nine hour layover. And I was like, well, I wonder if I could leave the airport to go just sightsee for a few hours, get a cab and just drive around. I've never been to Nigeria. Uh, And then on the flight in, I looked out as we flew over Lagos and I went, I think I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it looked pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of Africa, it's just like the cities are not really where you want to be. You want to be out in the country. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, aside from Rwanda, Rwanda, the capital was uh, Kigali was great. Cleanest country I've been to in Africa, I think, yet. Mm. So that's a tip for everybody. Mm. Uh, go tip. to Rwanda. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, but Lagos didn't look good. So I was like, you know what? I guess I'll just camp out in the airport for my eight hours and hope I can get out. And then I got in and then was coming in and, and the... Uh, Customs told me I needed a. So when are you leaving? I said, "Well, here's my next flight," and they said, "Oh no, you need that's you need a day visa." I was like, "Well, I didn't book it. The airline booked this. You know, they just I'm not leaving the airport. You know, I'll just go read a book in the corner for. I'm not going anywhere." They said, "Oh no, you need a. You can't. You can't just walk around. You might leave." And so I said, "I'm not going. Get me through security. <laughs> Get me through security, and I'm in the airport. You know." Yeah, and I can say for all the places you want to be locked down for eight hours, the Lagos, Nigeria airport, I don't really recommend it. <laughs> there's, there's, no, uh, it's, there's no yeah, it's not lounge. like a Starbucks or uh, you know what? There was a lounge, oh, and that's okay. the other thing. So they took my passport, and I don't know, you know, when you s- see that passport walking away from you, and some guy that you've never seen just takes it and disappears, there's a real panic. That goes over you because now I have no. Where am I going to show them my driver's license? Who, who, who am I now <laughs> yeah. with this without this document? <laughs> you're, you know, you're just some dude, <laughs> yeah. really. And you feel like a a person without a ID, without a country. You know, it's like you're helpless. They're really. like, cool. You could drive in California, but who are you? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, so now I'm really not leaving. I'm going to wander the streets of Nigeria without a passport. You know, I don't know what to do. And uh, then they lead me to this guy's office. And he starts asking me about all these things, and and it's hot in there, and he's got some TV on, and there's other, there's a woman with a, a small child that they've detained as well, and it's hot, and uh, and then all of a sudden he starts, I can t- tell me about his seven children and how hard things, and it's like, oh, <laughs> this is a bribe. Oh uh, yeah, the classic stitch up. Mm. Now he wants money from me, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm and I'm playing dumb and. And I go, is there any lounge or there's nothing that I can place to stay? And there's, oh, there's one lounge. And I, and they showed it to me and it's completely empty. It's really small. It's one room. And then, but it is air conditioning. It is air conditioned and they had uh, outlets. And I believe why, and they did have Wi Fi in there. Three important f- factors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I went, 
okay, can I, I'll go in there. And they go, uh, it's, um, it's not free. I said, of course <laughs> it's not free. How much do you need? Uh, and they, yeah. And they said, it's uh, $35 US. And I was like, okay. But, and he said, cash only. I was like, of course. <laughs> no <not>. receipt. <laughs> yeah. No receipt. Oh, no. That went right to Did him. Did you ask, you should have asked him if he accepted Ethiopian burr. I've got a whole bunch of it. <laughs> yeah, in no kidding. Still. Oh, I would unload it all yeah. of on, on him. And uh, so they get me into this room. And I, again, I still don't have my passport. And then some woman, a uh, different woman comes in with my passport. She says, I have it. Um, I've, um, and then two hours, and she disappears. They didn't give it back, but they have it. So it's I'm alone in another this room. $35. Yeah. <laughs> and then she comes back and says, I'm leaving for the, for the day. I was like, what? You? <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I'm going home, but uh, I'm giving your passport to another coworker of mine. Well, I don't see him, and now I'm really worried about you know just being detained here. I don't know where am I, can I get on this flight? And yeah, eventually uh, another guy had it, and and she was nice, and she told me this other guy had it, and um, yeah. So about an hour before my United flight, uh, they let me they let me go through. They ran, they had to walk me back through security again. And then finally gave it back to me. And then I got on my flight. And, and it was one of those things like, um, what was the Ben Affleck movie where they made the fake movie in Iran? Oh, yeah. Argo? Uh, Argo. Argo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just want to just come up, you're just waiting for the wheels to lift off. Like, you can't believe you're free yeah. until, it's just like, just take off. Please, wait just take it. off. Wait just take for take it. Off. Wait. <laughs> just, and I was convinced like something's going to go wrong. Oh, we got to go back to the gate. And it's like, no, please. <laughs> and once we lifted off, uh, I would just, and luckily I was in business class and they said, sir, would you like a drink? Yes, I would. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're like, I need a uh, drink. <laughs> and, then the, and then the stewardess turns around and goes, that'll be $35. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would have paid it gladly. <laughs> and they would have taken credit Yeah, at that point. But those were the really scary, that I really thought that, yeah, you know, there, I was going to be shaken down for, 35 is getting off easy. Mm. Yeah. You know, because bribes are a common part of traveling in a, in a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially once they get your passport, then it's yeah, kind what, of at the... What leverage did I have? Yeah, exactly. Well, you I'm going to leave. Mean? Well, technically you can't yeah. leave, buddy, because I got your passport. <laughs> yeah. How easy is it going to be without your passport? It was like, oof. But then you talk to all the flight attendants there. I mean, they all hated going, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know because their requirements when they do a flight that long, they have to stay for 24 hours on land. So basically, they have to stay 24 hours in Lagos, and they basically have an armed escort that takes them to their hotel, which is kind of fenced in, and they're just, they're almost held, they're told not to go out on the streets, and wow, so they all hated going there. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was, yeah, so I don't think I'll be going back there anytime soon. So that, I'm sure there's lovely parts of it. Yeah, I'm sure there's lovely parts of it, but uh, this, this, yeah, you hear about the, you know, Nigeria doesn't have a great rep in terms of uh, at least corruption and anything and safety. And I don't like to blacklist a place, but, uh, you know. Yeah, you got, well, you got to go somewhere that's safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I haven't seen much of West Africa. Hmm. Yeah, we haven't really, I mean, I haven't done any of Africa. We've had plans. I feel like every time we plan to go there, it's just such a big place. And when we yeah, travel, we massive. travel slow. We like to see, really spend a lot of time in places. So it's been this big trip that we've been putting together in our head for a long time and we just end up going to other places 
we've done a lot of pretty much all of Latin America, Southeast Asia, but we just haven't yeah. made it to Africa yet. Yeah. People don't realize how big it is, you know, and how varied and different it is. So you almost got to break it up in chunks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like South Africa and down there in Botswana could be one. That's one trip. Central Africa, if you do uh, Kenya, Tanzania, and if you get down to Rwanda and Uganda and do that, that'd be a different one. And then Northern Africa, you could do Egypt and Morocco, and those things are a different trip, you know? So it's yeah. like, you got to break it up because p- people don't realize just how enormous it is. Just flying across it, you look on the map and you're like, ah, it's probably like going across from New York to LA. No, it's it's farther. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's farther. Wow. It's big. It's really big. Yeah. And for us living on, especially on the West Coast, oh my God, it, there's no farther place to go. Mm. There's no easy way. You usually have to fly through Europe, like a hub there, and then take another trip. What is your most recommended country in Africa that we should start with? Um, you know, if you want to do, I haven't done Northern Africa. I mean, but of mine, if you really, the typical kind of Africa experience, if you're nervous, I mean, go to South Africa. Of course, South Africa is really cool. Mm. Uh, Cape Town is beautiful. Yeah, and the history of it. I mean, there's a lot of tragedy to the history of it. So, I always consider like South Africa kind of Africa light. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just um, so that's that's one trip. But I would say start in like uh, Kenya or Tanzania. Okay, uh, and you know, you want the you want the animals and to get out there in the bush and really that experience and i would i would go with that first and again rwanda was great but it's a little uh, pricier mm. um tourism's really what saved that country i was there last year as the 25th anniversary of the genocide and the way it's come back is amazing and it's all been really tourism based but they're more of a luxury kind of tourism based mm-hmm. and uh, but out there in the land i mean it's just the greenery and the mountains and the nature is really Really beautiful. But I would say like Kenya and Tanzania would be a good start. Nice. Awesome. Well, we will definitely add it to the list and we would go anywhere at this stage if we could. I think (laughs) I'd even probably give Nigeria and Lagos a shot. Uh, (laughs) You know what? At this point, it sounds great. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Where, I mean, I'm sure everybody asks you this. Where were you? Where's your first? What are you, where are you really dying to go to right now? Oh, I, we don't know. I mean, honestly, like Mexico, Bali, Back to Australia to visit my folks. Probably one of the th- the three. Mm-hmm. Has Australia? They they're shutting us out, right? I mean, a lot of countries are. Yeah, they're, they're definitely com- doing more of a uh, of a controlled lockdown in terms of just regional. So right. you can go to New slowly. Zealand, right? Yeah, it's like the New Zealand Aussie bubble there. Yeah, yeah. So they're slowly opening up, but yeah, I think it might be a while before I can get back there and visit. And I'd love to yeah. go back there. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming uh, on the show today and telling us your stories. And uh, no, this has been great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. We definitely uh, really. It's interesting hearing people's Africa stories. Really inspired and keen to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it's a magical place. It's beautiful and tragic. It's every mm. extreme. You know, mm. it's a place that's been screwed over in so long by outside outsiders and everything else, or from the inside. But for every you know terrible thing that's happened, there's some like beautiful thing, and the people are I've uh, found to be really warm and great. Mm. But you know, and it's really varied. You know, mm-hmm. North Africa is much different from the central and the and the south. So you know, there's so yeah. much to see. So yeah, great, yeah, check it out. Check everywhere out. 
Yeah, when we can. Mm-hmm. When go we everywhere. can, go everywhere. <laughs> going places? Remember going places and doing yeah. stuff? Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> oh, those are the, the days. The good old days, yeah. Yeah, wow. seriously. All right, man. Well, thank you so much again for joining our show. Tell all the Voyagers where they can find your podcast and how they can get in contact with you if they've got any questions about what to do in a military coup or what yeah. to do in an airport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, it's, um, you can get all the info at TravelTalesPodcast.com. And there's links to our we're Travel Tales podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Uh, if you want to see my comedy and um, uh, showbiz site, it's funnymike.com. And you can find me at Funny Mike on Twitter and Facebook and all those. And I have a dry bar comedy special, too, that's out right now called Have Jokes, Will Travel. I uh, like <laughs> so the sound of that. Uh, yeah, you can see that. That's on uh, drybarcomedy.com. And that's free now, I think. They've been... At least on Facebook, they've been streaming it for free lately, or it started last week. So if you want to see me do my thing, and uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. So, and you can find us on all the where you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all those. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mike. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hopefully getting down. Maybe we'll get down to LA soon enough and we can have a beer together. Yeah, I would love that. All right. Sounds Cheers, good. mate. And vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Alrighty, Voyagers, you just heard another amazing Voyager chat from Mike Siegel. If you want to find Mike, if you want to connect with his podcast, you want to hear his comedy, you want to see his special, go to notsobonvoyage.com. You will find links to everything you need right there. And we will be back on Monday with another regular episode of Not So Bon Voyage. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. Follow up for another episode because as soon as it drops, it's dropping into your phone or your computer or wherever else you listen. (laughs) Exactly. See you later. Bye.